This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Initial market reaction to the January USDA reports was muted. USDA lowered U.S. corn production to 13.7 billion bushels, raising corn yield to 173.3 bushels an acre. They lowered harvest acres slightly to 97, excuse me, to 79.2 million acres. Soybean production was estimated at 4.27 billion bushels. Acreage for soybeans cut to 49.5, and winter wheat seedings were raised 11 percent from last year to 37 million acres. USDA says corn stored in all positions as of December 1, totaling 10.8 billion bushels. That's down 7% from last year. That uh, soybean stored in all positions as of December 1, totaling 3.02 billion bushels, down 4% from a year ago. Wheat stored in all positions as of December 1st, totaled 1.28 billion bushels, down 7% from a year ago. USDA says farmers planted 37 million acres of winter wheat this fall, 11% more than the fall of 2021. Hard red winter wheat area expected to total 25.3 million acres, 10% more than last year, and the biggest increase in acres coming in Texas, while North Dakota, South Dakota acreage unchanged. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose's follow-through action from Thursday's USDA reports supported the grain markets on Friday. And it was basically just bottom-line bullish. Um, when you lose 1.6 million acres of uh, harvested corn, 300,000 acres of soybeans, um, and then you drop the yield too. So it was all about the uh, production on corn drops, uh, 200 million, uh, 70 million on soybeans. And uh, can't say enough about the winter wheat uh, acres. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says this corn market is beginning to heat up. You know, one thing to look at when you look at the corn market is, okay, we saw a slight reduction in carryout levels. Um, this was able to be done even though we had a higher yield. So they adjusted the demand um, and really ended up kind of fine-tuning this number and being able to figure it out. Um, and we also saw a reduction, quite a significant reduction in area harvested. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo says with the higher grain markets, the uh, market had been leading toward more of a bearish report. I mean, without a doubt, especially look at the price action of where we were in the hard red and the soft red. We, we were dealing with six, five, six-month lows in the United States, dealing with 11-month lows in, in the European market. And I think that's still a big issue to watch is the European market. Uh, as will be the soybeans, because they did see probably the weakest number when it came to the world figures. And, and weakest number as a whole, the world number really stood out by going up to 103.5 million metric tons. Progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Strumman says the livestock market will continue to face headwinds with the higher grain markets. Softer yesterday, uh, live cattle slightly lower again. Uh, USDA did increase the 2023 production, and, and they increased imports, and I think that's hanging into the market. And then you look at the cash market coming in one to two dollars lower, and uh, you know it's just limiting any buying interest here at the end of the week. Uh, feeders are sharply lower again today. Sold off yesterday. Uh, again, the, the recent strength in the corn market there. Uh, the lean hogs, uh, you know, we've been down 10 out of 11 sessions prior to today with some follow-through selling, just weaker fundamentals, uh, declining cash and cutout markets uh, continue to weigh on that market. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
Every farm is unique. Every farmer makes their own decisions. Minnesota Farm Business Management delivers individualized service to help you through that process. It's my job to make sure you understand your ratios. You can make educated decisions. You understand your cost of production so you can make marketing decisions. You understand your crop insurance. You can help make those decisions. I try to make sure you understand what it is that you need to do on your business. Visit agcentric.org to find an instructor near you. Minnesota Farm Business Management. This is Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor. Join me as we broadcast from the North Harvest Bean Growers Association Bean Day Friday in Fargo. This is the largest dry bean conference in the country. Our coverage from Bean Day is made possible by BASF and its full portfolio of products for the dry bean grower. That's Friday, January 20th, Bean Day. On air, online, and on the go. The Red River Farm Network is reporting agriculture's business. A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. Mexico has proposed a ban on biotech corn imports, but that appears to be a non-starter for the Biden administration. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack says there is no compromise on the issue. Meanwhile, President Biden and Mexican President Lopez Obrador met Monday. A White House summary indicates the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Free Trade Agreement was a small part of the conversation and the GMO corn issue was not mentioned. Secretary Vilsack addressed Farm Bureau delegates this week using the opportunity to announce several initiatives. That includes Phase 2 of the Emergency Relief Program. Vilsack said additional flexibility will be granted. For those uh, who received a decrease of income and revenue in 2020 and 2021, we're giving them an option of choosing either 2018 or 2019 as the year to benchmark uh, the extent of loss. We'll be publishing a, a, a tool, uh, making it easier for individuals to determine the extent of relief under this Phase two uh, program of the Emergency Relief Program. We're also, as a companion, announcing a, a new pandemic assistance revenue program for producers who experienced a, a 15% or greater decrease in gross revenue in 2020 compared to 2018 or 2019. More than $12 million is also being invested to expand independent meat and poultry processing capacity. In addition to the 22 projects funded recently, Vilsack announced three more projects, including one from northwest Minnesota. He also announced the first round of funding for the Fertilizer Production Expansion Program. 21 projects were announced, including North Star Lime of Crookston. This project, which will be subject to public comment, will create biochar from biomass. Brian Bull, who farms near Crookston and is with North Star Lime, says biochar is a product that is climate friendly and can be of value to agriculture. When you burn something in the absence of oxygen, you create biochar. So instead of emitting that carbon into the atmosphere, you're capturing that carbon into the biochar. And then um, biochar is used for, for many different applications. It can be used as a soil amendment, uh, can be used in the medical profession. There's all kinds of uses for it. And it, it turns out it's just a wonderful um, environmental um, impact thing as well. Instead of burning corn stalk bales, uh, we're able to turn that into, into biochar and capture that carbon and put it back on the field and basically increase organic matter. Bull says the project will be a win-win as they will use the heat from the creation of the biochar to help their production of the lime pellets. 
that's already taking place using byproducts from the American Crystal Sugar Plant nearby. The Environmental Protection Agency hosted a hearing Tuesday on its 2023 through 2025 biofuel blending obligations under the Renewable Fuel Standards. Growth Energy CEO Emily Score testified at the hearing, urging the EPA to approve the backlog of renewable fuel pathways. We are greatly encouraged by EPA's strong set proposal with implied conventional biofuel volumes at 15 billion gallons for 2023 and increasing to 15.25 billion gallons for 2024 and 2025. Moving forward, our opportunities for growth across both conventional and advanced biofuels are linked. So it is important that the proposed volumes reflect industry growth and innovation. Specifically, we ask that EPA clear the backlog of pathway approvals for renewable fuels, including cellulosic biofuels from kernel fiber, advanced biofuels from corn oil produced at bioethanol wet mills, and bioethanol produced using carbon capture technologies. SCORE also says year-round E15 is still a priority in 2023. That's been your look in farm news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. In a world hungry for protein, North Dakota growers are changing lives with food and products made from soy. Ranked near the top of producers nationwide, North Dakota soybean growers contribute millions to the state's economy. During the Legislative Assembly, we promote public policy that will benefit soybean producers for generations to come. Join the North Dakota Soybean Growers Association, building sustainable prosperity for members and the entire soybean industry. Find your next job on the Red River Farm Network website. Click on the Job Opportunities tab and discover your future. Taking a look at the Job Opportunities tab on the Red River Farm Network website, Anheuser-Busch has an agronomist position open, great benefits, great pay. Pioneer Seed is looking for a field agronomist in eastern North Dakota. Dakota Ingredients, True North Equipment, both with jobs posted. Find out all the details on the Job Opportunities tab on the Red River Farm Network website. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The two-week weather outlook for the Midwest looks wetter than was advertised. World Weather Incorporated says a succession of regular disturbances is expected to bring mostly light precipitation from the southwestern plains into the eastern Corn Belt. A system is expected to bring more moisture beginning Sunday and Monday. Other than occasional pockets of light snow, the northern plains is expected to mostly dry through next week. The Midwest and northern plains have seen a series of weather events so far this winter. Nutrient Ag Solutions meteorologist Andrew Pritchard expects that pattern to continue. And the big question is, is that going to keep going? Not just across the northern plains, but parts of the western U.S. where they badly need some moisture. And the same thing down into the, uh, the central and southern plains. And the short answer is... The pattern remains active. We've got a very intense extended jet stream across the Pacific Ocean that's delivering a lot of moisture to the western U.S. And at times that will send storm systems across the Rockies into the middle of the United States. And that's what gives us that snow across the northern plains. So it's going to be a dry couple of weeks here. Uh, not completely dry. We'll see some shots of snow here. But as we head into the end of January, February and March, we do expect an active weather pattern to continue to deliver those chances for snow and moisture across the northern plains. Pritchard says these winter storms are very beneficial for soil moisture. It kind of depends on when we do it. You know, there are times where it's maybe not ideal, but building up a big snowpack through the winter and then in a perfect world, kind of just slowly letting that melt and then soak into the soil as we, we start to warm back up. Some of it does run off. We do see flooding in the rivers, but 
But having a thick snowpack as we come out of the winter across the northern plains, that's huge and getting us off to a good start in the, uh, the spring and then on into the summer where, you know, then we start to run that risk of heat and dryness. We want to protect against that with a very active and wet winter. Northern Argentina received significant rain Thursday into Friday morning. World Weather Incorporated says rainfall from 30 hundredths up to an inch and a half occurred most often with a few locations reporting up to four and a half inches. The rest of Argentina will remain dry through the middle of next week with the next best chance for rain late next week into the following weekend. Brazil is expected to see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next two weeks. NDSU Extension soil scientist Dave Franzen says by keeping the major fertilizers in mind when soil testing, farmers can save money. And the excess nitrogen found in soils last year due to the drought probably won't be the case this growing season. So the, the soil nitrate is a lot less than it was last year. I think the, the residual soil nitrate helped everybody uh, last year and it was great. But, um, but the soil tests have come in are a lot lower than they were last year. So number one thing is that hopefully people have soil test. I know that soil testing laboratories have tested way more samples than they, they have in years past, and that's, that's good news. But there still may be some farms that are changing around and, and need, some, need some sampling. There's still some sampling going on in the state, remarkably, in, in certain places where the, the snow isn't so deep. NDSU Extension weed scientist Brian Jenks says using more than one mode of action could prevent weed resistance. Weeds will generally become resistant when farmers, agronomists, repeat the same actions over and over. So if a, a farmer uses the same herbicide repeatedly, then a, a plant can adjust and become resistant. That might take 5, 7, 15 years. It just depends on on the weed and the herbicide, the, the mode of action, but generally it can be probably uh, average, maybe seven years, 15 years, 20 years. You know, there, there are some herbicides that still are, are not showing resistance. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Want to know how the 2023 session will affect agriculture in North Dakota? Listen to Straight Talk with NDFB, a podcast that promises no spin, just straight talk on issues important to agriculture. I'm Emery Melhoff, and I will be your host for our bi-weekly deep dive into all the important ag issues during the 2023 North Dakota Legislative Assembly. Find Straight Talk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and iHeart, or go to ndfb.org slash straight talk. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we do expect some showers to develop and a couple of thunderstorms. The majority of the meaningful rain, though, is going to be in southern Canada. To South America, Buenos Aires, La Pampa, and Cordoba, but it doesn't occur until we get into next week, leaving plenty of time for changes in the forecast. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.